0: Yo, yo, what's going on everybody? Hope you are having a good week so far. Podcast time and this week is my good mate Josh Butler. Josh, um, I got to know him probably about a year ago, probably we hung out when he was playing in Detroit. Um, Got on really well, ended up cooking him some steak. Obviously he's kind of killing it and has been for a very long time. Uh, He has his own record label called Origins, and I really, really like the music on his label. It's kind of classic house, but with like a modern twist and very, very timeless house music. I I really like it. I wanted to get him on the show because I love having a conversation with him. Enjoy it, people. Without further ado, Josh Butler. And we're live. Josh Butler. How's it going, mate? Yes, man. Pretty good. Good. Haven't seen you for a while. When was the last time?
1: Uh, I think it, the last time I physically saw you, I think it was about a year ago.
0: Damn, it was, wasn't it, in Detroit?
1: Yeah, man. You cooked me a delicious steak dinner.
0: Cooking steaks. And uh, let me just turn my charger on. I just realized my laptop is not even on. It always helps.
1: There we go. So when did you move back from Detroit?
0: Uh, moved back in March. So I had my last, well, yeah, last show of the, of my open to close tour in Phoenix. Um, and then just, I literally left Phoenix to come straight back here, like left my car at the airport and everything and just kind of, Wow. yeah.
1: <laughs> so, <clears throat> so and what about the house? Cause you had a pretty sweet studio set up in there.
0: Yeah, it's still there. Um, did you meet, uh, did you meet Ryan in Victoria? that live there Uh,
1: potentially do I remember Ryan having a studio
0: in the basement yeah Ryan's got a studio in the basement yeah so he him and Victoria his, his girlfriend they still live there um they they rent 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 the place off me which is I'm super lucky really it's like sweet that they have it um so yeah it's Detroit's just kind of on hold for me at the moment just in the countryside in the middle of nowhere back in the UK
1: well, it looks beautiful where you are. <laughs> you know, I think for me, anyway. And I'm sorry, well, one second, mate. Um, I live like in the middle of two big cities, Manchester and Liverpool. Yeah. And so there, there's quite a lot of countryside here, even though we are relatively close to cities. It's nice. And um, and, and having the having nature on my doorstep has really helped me this year. Yeah. You know, I've always been quite outdoorsy anyway. Yeah. But the lifestyle that I've started to lead. Um, as you know, you end up in clubs and airports and there, you don't get to see that much nature. Yeah. I totally so, I mean, agree. That's been a huge positive this year, I think.
0: I think, yeah. I think, um, just being out, I, I went for a walk this morning, um, did like a beast. I'm like doing a training, trying to tr- do a training thing like every day. And, uh, right. one of my mates, is a PT, so we did a, I don't know what it was, but we did 15 kg on the back in a pack with um just walking up hills pretty much nice man and like when you're at the top of like cheddar gorge um and you can literally just see like the cl- that like sun pushing through the cloud and you're like there's like there's good feelings in this world when you're like of, when doing our job but there's not like I, there's nature i can never get bored of nature i think that's the thing
1: yeah yeah same I've spent a lot of time hiking this year and uh, you know when we were allowed to go out and travel we were going up to the Lake District yeah. and Peaks you know I think where I think it may, maybe most places in the UK y- you've always got some sort of uh, like outstanding beauty quite close to, yeah. to where you live. you know you can we travel you've got it right on your doorstep but we travel for 20 minutes half an hour and you can be in the peaks It's
0: the peaks are amazing, amazing as well I, uh, I used to, my ex-girlfriend lived up near there. Um, and it was just like beautiful. It's like, I don't know. There's just something about it. Do you think it's, it's like kind of, obviously this year has changed your life, but do you think this year has like kind of put a bit of perspective onto like where, how you're going to live your life in the future? Like, do you, I know like as humans, we're all very good at just like going back to normal, right? Like, Shows come back in eventually And then we're just back on the road And back doing the same thing Do you think you're going to like change your life up at all?
1: Yeah totally Because I feel very grateful to have travelled the world But I haven't seen that much of it Yeah, if that makes sense um, And from an outside perspective You'll know what I mean But for anybody else listening uh, Yeah we go from airports To taxis To hotels, to clubs And then same again the next day so I think in future I'm going to really take like three or four days in each place, especially places in South America. We yeah uh, went to Guatemala yeah years ago, which was amazing. I'd love to spend more time there and explore the Mayan culture. Yeah. Um, so just slowing down generally, you know, I think not, but not doing so many gigs, a healthier balance.
0: I think that's the thing, isn't it? There's there's a point where like we're self-employed like we have to earn money right and, and we have to kind of pay for our bills but we also earn pretty good money to if us you, if you're doing if you're at a certain level there's a certain level where you don't earn any money and you're still traveling around the world um, yeah. but when you get past that point it's is okay I think I think that's the thing for me it's telling myself that it's okay to take a couple of days out.
1: Yeah, man. I think you, you sort of touched on this in, in one of your podcasts with um, James Haskell. Yeah. About slowing down and work rate and stuff. Yeah. Because he's obviously a bit of a workaholic as well. Yeah. He's spinning a lot of plates. And it, um, it can get a little bit overwhelming doing that sometimes.
0: Yeah, I think for me, it's like, I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, and I don't know how to do anything different. Um, but I don't know about when you're like writing music. It's like, for me, I have to always write music. And if I'm, if I've not written a record, you know, it like for say a week, I'm like climbing up the walls.
1: Yeah, It's like withdrawals.
0: <laughs> it's like fucking clucking out. And like,
1: but you get that. Yeah. This year has really knocked it out of me actually. Really? So uh, yeah I went for maybe two months without six six to eight weeks anyway without making any music yeah um I didn't miss it which really? was weird but I mean I guess my head was all over the place a lot of uncertainty and the last thing uh, that was happening up here was creativity yeah but luckily you know the last maybe four to six weeks, I've been making a lot of music again. I'm in there every day, even if it's for 20 minutes. Something. Yeah. Something. Just, just something. A little bit of progress each day.
0: Such a nice feeling, isn't it, when you're like, just at that level where you feel like you're progressing and you're like moving forward. It's nothing worse than just going into the studio and writing the same as what you did the month before, or writing like you're just writing the same record over and over again. And when you actually get to that point where you've done enough like pissing about and clicking a few buttons and working out something new and you you feel like you're actually progressing forward there's no better feeling than that
1: yeah totally agree um and how many tracks do you think you've got that like lined up ready for next year
0: I've got my year planned already for next year Amazing. yeah i uh we we're, we're releasing i think 6 records um six singles and then there's gonna be probably a couple of other records on other people's labels yeah um, is here and there. yeah but we did we did a we had 75 records to choose from and, <laughs> and yeah spent a few hours going through them with the team um what about you
1: um, I've got nowhere near seventy-five. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I think I've, I've yeah, but I've, half
0: of them are I've,
1: shit. <laughs> isn't it? I've got a lot of half-finished projects. Yeah, um, that I'm going to spend the rest of the year finishing. And I think uh, then I'll probably be sat on about thirty. Yeah. Whereas I'll do a similar process to you. I'll sit down with somebody I trust and pick the best
0: ones what's your thoughts on releasing like eps compared to singles now because because you you're like i tell me if i'm wrong and i don't want to like i don't want to say something that doesn't feel right to you but i feel like your music is very how it's gone very housey if that makes Mm. sense it like very chicago kind of traditional groovy house but like not tech house if that makes sense
1: yeah, good, I'm glad. Glad <laughs> that house went away that I didn't want to go in.
0: Yeah, you kind of yeah, and but I saw you do that move, and it's like really interesting because you're like making almost, almost like, like new age Kerry Chandler.
1: Yeah, I think it, my style has become quite split over the years, where there are the, the more like um, they are more tech house records. Yeah. but I would call it more tra- traditionally tech house. Like, yeah. I think Yoris Born is tech house. Yeah, same. So things like that, I'll, I'll release a lot of stuff on Rejected with Yoris and Edwin. Yeah. Um, but then I'll also do the the big vocal records. Yeah, um, w- which I love. You know, I think one big vocal record a year keeps me satisfied. Yeah. Because they're quite big projects to go into a studio with one or more singers sometimes. Yeah. You know? For example, the Han Lee record I did with Defected.
0: I was just listening to that actually. I like it a lot.
1: It's really a nice it, one.
0: It's like classic classic Defected. That's what I expect from Defected, but you just kind of had your little like spin on it and it was really nice. It, it wasn't yeah, it's
1: like. like uplifting record, isn't
0: it? Yeah. And it's not, it's not, tr- it's not a cheap. It's not what. It's not a cheesy house record, if you know what I mean. It's like just a good fucking house record, which which I like, and I think that's what you get. You do really well in your records. You might have a vocal that, if somebody else made a record out of, they're gonna try and make it into some big piano house thing, whatever, yeah. and just try and copy what everyone else do. It does, and you don't. You just do completely the opposite and turn it into this cool cool record, if you know what I mean. Which, which. It, m- kind of tight makes it timeless
1: well that's that's the goal you know i have made records in the past that i look back on and think oh (laughs) (laughs) it's not aged very well you know yeah we've all done that so now that i've I've got a bit older and i've got more experience producing under my belt yeah that's the goal really to get a record that's still going to sound good in 10 years yeah you know you don't want to be putting things out that you're going to regret yeah i totally agree
0: um we've all done it
1: of course and you only learn that that from experience
0: yeah so i like you had a massive hit with what was it called what what a fe-
1: was it the, the, the bontan mix yeah the got bontan
0: a got a feeling yeah. yeah that was huge man
1: that really like Stepped me up a level, you know, that really gave me a great foundation for, for my career.
0: Yeah. How, how did that kind of come? Cause I know you and Bontan are good homies, but it was almost like the Pleasure Craft edit Bontan remix of Josh Butler.
1: Yeah, it was the, it was the perfect mix. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not sure how it came about. <laughs> um, but basically I got the original sign to MTA, yeah. uh, Chase and Status's label.
0: Really, I didn't know it came out on MTA. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So, so they invited me down. I mean, I was doing things before that. I'd released on off recordings yeah. on John's label and, and a few other little bits, remixes here and there. And then I got a call from Will from Chasing Status, inviting me down to London. Yeah, to talk about got a feeling and a, a strategy to release it and stuff. And uh, they wanted to know who I, who I wanted to remix it. Yeah. And Andy Bontan had just started the name Bontan. Yeah. Um, so I was like, well, why don't we give him a go? You know, give it, because he I think he'd released with Pleasure Craft uh, as his first release. And so he had a bit of a foot in the door there. And um, yeah, we, we gave him the stems for Got a Feeling and he just smashed that remix. Yeah. And Pleasure Craft got a hold of it did their thing with it and it just took off man it's it's, it was way way out of my control at that point it was just on a journey of its own it
0: was it's it still is but it was what year did it come out
1: uh i think it's 2013
0: it was huge man it was everywhere like i think like in the there's not many records in the last century you get one a year
1: yeah, not even that
0: right. and that year was yours without a shadow of a doubt
1: it's like, quite bizarre when you put it like that oh
0: well, it's true For man you. it's true like it
1: playing takeaways and gyms all around the world
0: and still yeah, gets know. played it still yeah, gets it was, played
1: Mate, like that's paid my mortgage over the last year really i mean that's exactly. Been about, <laughs> that exactly kept me afloat during the pandemic what's
0: what's your from being uh I would say an underground artist what's your and tell me if i'm wrong i don't want to like step the foot but like what's your thoughts on having a hit record like that how important is it to a career
1: um it's such a great question because i i took steps to uh to move away from that to be honest it kind of worried me that it was taking off so much and we got a a pretty big offer from sony to re-release it on on the major labels, yeah, which I turned down because I didn't want to be that one-hit wonder guy. Yeah. Uh, and I knew that it would be very hard to follow that up. Yeah. You know, it's, it's almost impossible to follow that record up because it was never intended to be yeah. with the success it was. So I don't know how I did it, really. <laughs> I could never do it again. <laughs> but, but, but I never really came from that kind of background anyway. I yeah. was always into underground dance music dance floor music yeah so I took conscious steps to start making underground records again and or I guess releasing underground records yeah because I was always making them so I started to release things like no frills on mad tech yeah I don't know if you've heard that before yeah I have yeah a stripped back dub basically yeah. so I did maybe three or four years of releasing stuff like that afterwards to really separate myself from got a feeling in a way
0: it's interesting that, isn't it? <clears throat> because like you said, got a feeling put you on the map, right? It got you to a level of your career and then you fucking ran away from it.
1: Yeah. I mean, because it's just not the music I I really make that often anyway. Yeah. So I didn't want my whole t- whole career to be uh, you know, focused on that.
0: Yeah, and I I get that. If if you, if somebody came to you today and was like, I've written a record or let's write a record and let's do got a feeling 2.0, <laughs> complete new record, but it's, but it's going to be a hit. Yeah. Would you do it?
1: Probably now at yeah. this stage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After COVID. <laughs> I mean, I think it's been like eight years since I got feeling released, seven years or something. Yeah. So um, another thing that this year has made me realise is I've actually achieved everything I always wanted to through music. That's
0: beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> like, it actually like gave, gives me goosebumps, the fact that you said that, because like <laughs> acceptance in this industry is, I can only speak for myself, but I know a lot of my mates go through it, but that acceptance of like, yeah, I've actually do alright. We ne- never do that to ourselves.
1: Yeah, I probably wouldn't have said that last year. Yeah, because it, it becomes quite easy to get caught up in, you know, what's going on around you. I think when you're getting offers for this and that, and um, but yeah, I mean, w- what more could you want? We've I've travelled the world multiple times, played music everywhere from Ethiopia to to <laughs> Melbourne. <laughs> it's it's crazy mate so I mean I'd love to do it again yeah. fingers crossed we will be able to do it again
0: Yeah we will it will be back 100% So yeah. I guess staying on that hit you didn't really answer the question so I'm just going to oh, keep sorry, hounding sorry. you
1: <laughs> Would I do it again
0: No how important is it for a career for somebody's for in our industry right Yeah to have a hit because i haven't i haven't had a hit like that i would class that as a hit
1: everybody has mate you no. know i think there's a minority of people that have um so in in short i don't think it's essential at all yeah i think as long as you're a good dj and consistent with the you know, quality releases yeah um at the end of the day it's underground music isn't it and for me that's where it will always that's be it. rooted
0: did you ever feel like you had to write another one Was there a point?
1: No, not at all. Love that. I never really tried to make another one. You know, even um, the second one that me and Bontan did, Call You Back, the second big hit anyway. um, It's it's nothing like Got a Feeling, really. Yeah. It's a one-note bass line, you know. It's not a song, (laughs) it's just a track.
0: (laughs) No, I like that. I like that. I think what's changed during coronavirus is a lot of people are trying to write music and... They're not. It's not the. I think what what I've found. I don't know if you have, but there's a lot of people that are trying to write hits, but it just sounds like they're trying to write hits. And when you try and write a hit, you you don't.
1: <laughs> it's. I look at Nile Rodgers. <laughs> yeah,
0: or like Quincy, or someone like that. But but they probably couldn't write a techno record. Let's be honest. That's very point. So like. I was listening to a Tom York interview with Zane Lowe the other day. I don't know if you've checked it out, but Zane started doing his, like all of his interviews. He's like started doing a podcast series with them and they're really fucking good. And Tom York was talking about, um, his writer's block and how he kind of deals with writer's block. And for him, how he was like looking at, he looks at writer's block as just time off. Because he's always writing, and I, I, I was kind of driving, listening to it, and I was like, "Jesus, I, I don't personally, I don't believe in writer's block. I just kind of work through it and just work through it until you end up writing something." What do you yeah, ever do? You ever get anything like that?
1: I guess so. I mean, that two month period I mentioned earlier, yeah, probably. I'd say that's writer's block.
0: Yeah,
1: but as you said tom york mentioned um i guess i just tried to focus on other things and didn't even go into the studio for that time you know if i wasn't feeling it i just switched off and did something completely different yeah and eventually i find that going out for big walks or um catching up friends and stuff uh, anything man even having a mix can inspire me again to to make music
0: Do you have, have you ever thought, I don't know if this is something you think of like over the time, but do you ever think what's after DJing?
1: I used to, yeah. I used to think I'd just naturally go into management okay, or something more behind the scenes, you know, offering my experience to younger people that are hungry. Um, But now I'm trying not to think that far ahead, to be honest. I'm taking it one day at a time. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Because I think it it, it is strange. Because how old were you when when you kind of started touring the world?
1: Um, I think I was about 20, 23
0: or twenty four. So pretty young, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Considering, but I get asked this all the time, and I'm sure you do by by muggles as as we call them. <laughs> but it's like what are you going to do after after you dj and it's like i don't really know like i know what i, I think i know what i want to do but i've never like asked mates that are in the industry like what are you going to do because i always just think we're just going to keep doing it
1: i think part of the attraction for me and a lot of the people around me in the industry we sort of thrive off the unknown yeah We we uh we get inspired by not what, not knowing what's coming next. Yeah. So uh, I think that's a big part of being in the industry is, is who knows what's going to happen. Because I, I guess if you look back on the last 20 years of how the industry has evolved from illegal raves and, you know, whatever was going on to like a multi-million dollar industry with touring companies and agents and, you know, yeah. the whole infrastructure... Imagine what another 20 years could do. It's going to change a lot.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: So you, it's, it's ever evolving. So I think because of that, because of the nature of the industry, it's hard to really know what you're going to do next because there could be an opportunity next week that wasn't here last week.
0: Or you could have a fucking massive hit and never worry.
1: Yeah, <laughs> or that.
0: <laughs> it's literally you just never know, do you? Just, I I like that I I really like that because I don't know it's just uh allows you to wake up and be excited every day because you don't know what's going to happen that's yeah. that's for me that's that's what I enjoy about it
1: what uh, What would you uh what did you think you would go into after DJing or you were you know you were tired of traveling so much
0: um there's a couple of things I want to do. I want to. I really want to do like fashion, so I really want to have my own fashion fashion label. Um, I want to have a restaurant as well. I don't want to cook in it, but I want to have a restaurant.
1: Yeah, you are big into food. Love it. Um, great restaurant owner.
0: And also, I want to have a studio. I want to I want to own like a commercial studio. Um, okay. but in the middle of, I kind of want to get like an old either build a a like new modern place or an old like farmhouse and kind of just do
1: an analog studios type place.
0: Kind of like Devon. Yeah. But not necessarily just electronic music or I want to kind of move it towards the whole like band kind of thing. So it's like you have like two or three rooms in there. People can come and stay like vocalists can come and stay. Bands can come and stay. You have vocal rooms uh you have like a live room you have like a mixing room kind of do it like that
1: yeah man I love that idea because I, I think, I think could be intertwined with this as well
0: exactly and I, for me is like f- it's during lockdown I've actually done a lot of a lot of sessions in studios with other people and I think studios can studios are like amazing creative places for the studio to be, to get the right vibe in a studio, you, you you have to have like an environment. And I think sometimes when you step out of the studio door and you've got the world around you and it's fucking crazy and it's pissing down with rain, you've got ambulances and police and you've got homeless guys left, right and center. And like, it's just not a, it's just not a nice atmosphere to be around, to be creative. Yeah, And I think building, having something in the middle of nowhere where people you don't even get like mobile phone service and you can just like completely switch off and completely just be in your own head some people don't want that for their creativity but I think when you're I I'd like it to be like more of a project studio so people come and write like an album they spend like three weeks there and and pretty much just write an album um
1: I actually did a very similar thing a couple of years ago. Okay. I didn't you're familiar with a guy called Charlie May. No, who's that? He's a little bit older than us. Charlie used to produce for Sasha. Okay, cool. So he made a lot of early, uh, Sasha's early records. Yeah. And Charlie now lives on a farm um, in the West Country somewhere. Yeah. And, you know, it's exactly what you're describing, basically. Yeah. He's got a studio in his basement or in this in old barn um he has like a little annex where you can stay over for a week yeah and i went down with him and just made some music and wasn't even really house music it was a lot of electronica and yeah and um, tempo stuff but i find being in that that environment really helps me because there was nothing around uh, you know n- apart from cows and a few farm dogs
0: <laughs> it's just something relaxing about it i think it it allows you to just do what exactly you want to do there's no outside distractions or anything like that and I think it's for me for me I can only speak for myself when I'm in like apart from New York I really get inspired when I'm in New York for some reason I just absolutely love that place but I think when I'm in a big city which I love being in cities but I'm always like I'm in the city life where you're just always constantly going, always looking at your phone, always looking at Instagram, always doing all the shit that you shouldn't yeah. ever be doing when, when you are creating. It's a natural
1: life, isn't
0: it? Exactly. And I think I think by going into a studio and just like switching off and being like, okay, I'm just going to write music, just going to see what comes out. It doesn't have to be house music. It doesn't have to be this. It doesn't have to sound like this. It's just, just, just right. It
1: is what it is. And I think... Making music, um, well, you you touched on it before when you said about hits being sort of manufactured and forced. I think that for me, the best music that I've made, uh, you know, I'm not even really conscious of what's happening. Yeah, I'm. So time is irrelevant, and I've just zoned out into this this other world. And um, I think having less distractions allows you to get into that place a lot easier. Yeah, totally. Do you? Sorry. Do you um,
0: when you're in the studio, do you like turn off anything? Like, do you turn your phone off or anything like that?
1: Um, I'll usually put my phone on the side on a, on a table, really? face down. Yeah. Um, and usually got the Wi-Fi turned off on the on the studio computer as well.
0: Interesting. I'm terrible. I like. I think I write with distractions. Really? Yeah, I'm like, my phone's always by the side and YouTube is always always there, just ready. <laughs> <laughs> ready to annoy the fuck out of me and go into a wormhole of making sourdough bread or something stupid like that.
1: But Yeah, I find, um, I mean, don't get me wrong, I do get distracted, but I find I may as well not be in there if yeah. I'm going to allow myself to be distracted because I, I just find it, uh, it can almost put me down to feel distracted like that and I'm thinking I'm just wasting time here yeah yeah so um I think as as i become more conscious of that I do try and avoid certain things because my phone's always going off yeah
0: (laughs) I think (laughs) when you or when I when I have a record that I'm really enjoying writing and you're kind of in in it nothing distracts you it's just when you're for me it's like when I'm just writing a beat and not feeling it at all. That's when the distractions kind of kick in.
1: I hear you. It's easily done. Yeah. You know, that's, these apps and uh, Instagram and all that is made to distract us at the end of the day, you know.
0: Have you seen The Social Dilemma?
1: Oh, yeah. <sighs> Heavy. Fuck, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, have- I
1: very nearly deleted Facebook. Uh but I just thought, you know what, well, I'm not I can't do it yet.
0: <laughs> I don't look at Facebook. I, I haven't looked at Facebook for probably about four years, five years. Uh,
1: but, I never used to. When I was on the road and stuff, I never really did. But this year you know, obviously got a lot more time on my hands. So
0: I so I started Facebook when I used to be like a promoter in Bristol. And I, I was like one of those people that just added everybody from like a city. so so i've got like four thousand five hundred friends that i don't even know i don't even know them so i'm like i don't care what any of you are talking about so i've never go on facebook but instagram for me i've stopped i pretty much stopped twitter um I, i put a time time limit on social media which is like 30 minutes a day and i always go over on instagram But I I never look at Twitter. Twitter for me during, I'd say probably from July when the world started going even more crazier, like I was like, Twitter is so fucking unhealthy for my head. I cannot deal with it.
1: It is, man. There's a lot of negativity on there. Um, And I never really used to even post on it, but I have been getting sucked into that recently. Have you?
0: Yeah,
1: (laughs) You Do see things that I just can't hold back on?
0: What got you recently? Um, have you been going pol- political on our asses?
1: Have a little bit, yeah. <laughs> have <a> little bit. <laughs> I, I love it. Into a few conspiracies as well.
0: Oh yeah, Not tell me glad. about it. Tell me about
1: it. Yeah, um, I don't want to get too far into that.
0: <laughs> I do
1: because <laughs> even I know that a lot of them are very questionable. But I think it's important to question these things. Okay, um, so what are
0: you questioning at the moment? Yeah. I
1: want to. I want to know these. Um, things like one world government, and mm. um,
0: what's your thoughts on that?
1: I think it's I think it's probably a long way away, but uh, you know things like what Trump is doing at the moment is is pretty suspicious. It's pretty. There's f- a lot of things that that are sort of lining up, ready for the next stage. You know, I feel like every ten years there's a big progression in uh, the agenda of, of governments. Yeah. And this, every ten years or so, there's a big catastrophic event that seems to strip more of our human rights away little by little.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's weird. I'm quite optimistic about it all. I, I think I totally agree with you, um, but I, I, also think sometimes it has, it has to get worse to get better. Yeah, and I think right. I think what for me i'm not I'm not talking politics necessarily but politics is a huge part of it but i think for so many years we don't know what's going on we've never we've never there's the information just hasn't been out there it's just kind of like rose tinted glasses kind of sweeping it all under the mat we're not being told anything now with social media now with podcasts now with everything at our fingertips. We're being told so much fucking information.
1: Yeah. I was going to say it's gone from almost nothing to maybe too much. Yeah. Because you can find information on any aspect of it. You can find information on anything you want. Mate, there's yeah.
0: people that think the world is f- the earth is flat.
1: Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not that far down. the road. <laughs> Not yet. Give it a few <laughs>
0: more months, mate. You'll be there.
1: <laughs> but, but you know, things like the, the control aspect for me is, is a little bit worrying um i understand their argument of track and trace and stuff and cashless societies but for me that is um there's a there's a lot going on underneath all that it's not just covid
0: have you seen mr robot
1: i did see i think i saw the first series yeah but never never continued it.
0: i started watching it at the beginning of lockdown and I had to stop for four months because it was literally what's going on now. It's, it is really? literally like, not to do with the virus or anything, <laughs> but it's about, it's about a big organization that's ran by one person trying to control the whole world pretty much. And I'm getting to the end of it. I'm literally, I've got one more episode to go of like four seasons, but watch it. It's fucking amazing. Um, I will but I I agree but I also think I I think social media has has created such a divide in totally. in this world. Um and I also think that people aren't actually talking. They're they're shouting at their phones at everybody else and <clears throat> they're uh-huh. not having conversations like this and they're not calling their mates and having having discussions with people that don't have the same views as them. And I think for me is like, and I've seen it and I'm sure you have, <laughs> people are just surrounding themselves with people that only agree with what they agree with.
1: Yeah. And I do see it a lot as well. Yeah. <clears throat> you and- know, um, Especially at the moment, you know, with some of these anti-lockdown pages that are going on, and I don't necessarily agree with all that. Um, I don't really have a, I don't really have like a set view on anything right now because yeah. I don't know enough about the situation to to form an opinion that's solid enough to stick with. But these anti-lockdown pages they, <laughs> you know, they just—he one of these guys was saying the other day, he's just going to go through and delete everybody that disagrees with him basically yeah so he's created this whole whole environment for himself that is just echoing whatever (laughs) he says (laughs)
0: it's so fucking unhealthy
1: surely that's not a healthy environment (laughs) it's like
0: sitting at a dinner table and just having five of you and everything you say you're like yeah i agree
1: josh i agree very short-sighted view of things, isn't it? I just, there's just
0: no progression in that. You you don't progress. You don't learn in life. You don't, there, there's no, there's no room to better yourself and better others. Like generally out of a very good conversation or a very good debate or argument, or whatever somebody on either side is going to might change their views a little bit. And yeah. at the end of the day, it doesn't mean that any of them are right or wrong but it's because it's just opinions. But that's the issue that I find is that if people don't agree or don't have the same views as you, your class is wrong and then they don't want to be around you. And you're like, that's, that's not real life.
1: No. I mean, life is all about perspective, isn't it? Yeah. And, um, altering your perspective. And if other people can help you just even see their perspective on things, that's what you said. It educates you. And, um, helps things move forward.
0: Yeah. And I think it's about compromise as well in life. Like it's just like a relationship, right? If you, if you're with your, your girlfriend or your boyfriend or whatever, like you're not always going to agree with them, but you have to compromise for that relationship to get stronger. And it's yeah. exactly the same in societies and communities. Um, but I also, you being in the country, you, I don't know, but you might have a bit more of a community around you. There might be a bit more, like for me, there's a lot more of like a a very local community around here. Like, you know, all your neighbors, you can walk down the street and you know, everyone, you can walk around, walk to the shop and guarantee that there's people there. When you get to these big cities, you don't get that at all. Like you don't even know the person that lives next door to you. And I think there's something that that doesn't promote, a healthy society to a certain extent what's your thoughts definitely
1: not well I don't think that really is uh that there's a huge foundation of society missing there isn't there I think that places like London are held together by different types of relationships usually financial relationships whereas like you said I live in a village as well I think it's a it's a bit more populated than where you are but I'm friendly with my neighbors and go to the shops and see the same people every day, you know, and there's, there's a charm to that, I think.
0: Yeah, man. I'm, I, I want to live in New York again, but eventually I just want to live in the fucking middle of nowhere, (laughs) (laughs) not have any neighbors and then just like see the odd farmer and wave at him.
1: Yeah. in his tractor. Yeah. (laughs) And his dog. It's a nice way of life, mate. I think, um, I'm a big believer of simple life. And um, I listen to a lot of reggae music, and really respect that way of life, the Rasta culture.
0: Yeah, I don't know much about it. What?
1: What's it? You about? know, there's obviously other cultures as well, but living off the land, yeah. um, not overindulging um, communities is huge.
0: Unless it's weed, and then just fully overindulging that. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: That's a shout. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, I, I grew up in New Zealand as well. Oh, which, really? I did not yeah, know I that. I went to school in the in the north of New Zealand, a small town called Kerikeri. Keri. Uh, it's a fishing town. Okay. And I think a lot of those values come from there as well. Yeah. You know, Maori culture is very similar. It's beautiful. So, um, what
0: so yeah. let's 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 go back to all of that. Okay. So are you technically a New Zealander?
1: Um, I have a permanent residency for New Do Zealand, you? but I'm not a citizen yet. You okay. know what? I've actually booked a flight for December. No way. Yeah, mate. I have booked a one-way flight. I'm really? Gonna go back for a few months. Yeah, not forever, but I'm going to go back. My dad still lives in Auckland, D.C. Ah, okay. So I'm going to spend Christmas with him. Nice. I'm um, probably ride everything out until March. Over then there. reevaluate evaluate the world.
0: Man, that's going to be amazing.
1: Yeah, I can't wait.
0: I've only been once and I loved it. Um, But the guy I actually went on a walk with today last year, he did the Tierra Trail. So it's like north to south. He ran like 3000 kilometers north to south. Shit, man. All all from the, all down the North Island, and then all down the South Island, all across the mountains and everything.
1: That's a mean feat that Yeah, it's a it's a killer. So how long did it
0: take? Uh 55, 56 days, I think he did.
1: Jesus, man.
0: Yeah, he's averaging like fifty to seventy kilometres a day. Just hammering it out. <laughs> <laughs> rather him than me. Um yeah,
1: I don't
0: think I'll be doing that. So how ha- so how Why New Zealand? Is your dad from New Zealand?
1: My dad just always wanted to move there. Okay. You know, as long as I can remember, Um, my dad was in the merchant navy. Okay. When he was a bit younger, you know, probably early twenties. Yeah. So he saw a lot of the world and fell in love with New Zealand, and um, pretty much all of my life, I just remember him singing its praises and always wanted to move there. He got a job opportunity when I was thirteen. Yeah. So we moved over. And at first I was quite reluctant to go. Uh, you know, I had really good friends in school in the UK and stuff. Um, but within six months of being there and, you know, settling into school and what have you, I mean, it was the best thing that ever happened. Yeah.
0: Puts a different perspective on life, isn't it? When you, you, when you go somewhere that completely changes your life up again and it's different opportunities and things like that. Where, how did you get into house music in New Zealand then?
1: I was already into Electronic music Okay From being in the UK um, And it wasn't A massive thing Where I lived yeah. <clears throat> You know Most people in my school Were into hip hop Okay um, Was drum I mean, and bass were, big? Say again mate. Was
0: drum and bass big then?
1: Yeah it was yeah. Drum and bass was huge Still is Yeah
0: It's massive out there
1: um, I mean House music is now 15 years later uh, Which is usually The case in New Zealand They are a little bit behind with music well australia
0: is still playing men from down under mate so come on
1: <laughs> <laughs> but 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 i really like that you know i think again that is the charm of of the place you know they're not um less is more maybe
0: so far away and it's from anything yeah. it's just kind of on its A own little bit
1: disconnected from the world which is why my dad always loved it so much. And that's now why I love it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I'm lucky enough to to go back there and and tour every year. So, uh, you know, I get to see my dad once a year, but only for really a week or two weeks. So this time, you know, having an extended period out there, spending time with him is going to be amazing.
0: Are you going to do studio stuff out there?
1: Little bits. Yeah. I'm not planning on too much. Nice. I think I'm going to really rinse it while I'm still in the UK. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, just see how it goes out there. Try not to worry about music too much.
0: Can you surf?
1: Not not well. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you've (laughs) got to surf surf when you're out there. Can you?
0: I have a couple of times and I'm bad, but I'd love to be good. (laughs) When I toured, I've only toured there once and that was last year. It was actually, I was there a year ago today. Um, And... The the guy, one of the promoters, damn, it's really bad. I forgot his name. Um, what city were you playing in? I can't even remember.
1: Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't Queenstown, was it?
0: Uh, I think it was.
1: Yeah. Was he a Spanish guy by any chance?
0: No. Queenstown. Let me
1: have a look if, I, if I've got it. Queenstown. It might not have been Queenstown that you were playing yeah, the, the main promoter in Queenstown is called Guy. He's from Barcelona originally.
0: No, this guy's a New Zealander. All
1: right. Um, I can't remember, but
0: he he took me up on like he took me up one of the hills, and he. But I was like, so what's your like day to day life? And he's like, I wake up, I uh, go surfing, and then I just hang out. I'm like, fucking sweet <laughs> man. Like that is that is a life, and then. Oh, where was it that they, did the, that they had the earthquake?
1: Christchurch. That's where it was. Right. That's yeah, I played was. in Christchurch before. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, and just walked around Christchurch and, and played in some, like, tiny little courtyard area, which was fucking amazing.
1: Mate, it might have been the same party, man. Me and Sydney Charles played at this little courtyard last year. Outside? Yeah. Uh, it was out. It was outside, but they had this sort of tarpaulin um, marquee thing on top.
0: Yeah, same same place. And you got like two restaurants either side.
1: Yes, I think so. Yeah, it was in in sort of I want to say slightly industrial area.
0: It's in like a alley area.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got to be the same place. Tiny,
0: like yeah, two like two hundred people max.
1: We played it on a Thursday night as well. Yeah. Quite
0: early on Thursday evening. Yeah, it's a good fun party, that. Um, But there's just something about New Zealanders that is different to... They're so different to Australians. Yeah. New Zealander women are so hot as well. I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So Aussies, let's face
0: it. Yeah. Their accents aren't as annoying, though. I don't know. Do you find Australian... Do you find
1: Aussie a bit annoying? Oh, mate. (laughs) Yeah. kills me <laughs> <laughs> i used to find the kiwi one a little bit annoying actually but
0: is that because you grew up with it
1: yeah maybe yeah. i think from the uk and then you know maybe i was just a bit against it at first no
0: one ever likes the accent that you grow up with i think like round where i live where everyone's like south they're like farmers i'm like how the fuck can you speak like that <laughs> but then i go I up that. north i love northern accents love it, so uh, it like, yeah exactly <laughs> done um, yeah well
1: you know one of the beauties of having an English accent of any sort when we travel you know it seems to go in our favor right?
0: especially in America mm. is I don't understand that in America though like how much people like the English accent mm. it's like I what is it is it from like
1: I think it's like movies it. and yeah. it's Hugh Grant. And
0: <laughs> <laughs> cheers, cheers, Hugh. One for the team.
1: <laughs> Not that I sound anything like it. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Americans don't
0: know that. No, they don't. You just put it on. I think I, I was, ta- I don't know who I was talking to the other day. I think it was on a podcast and they were like, has your accent gone more English? And I was like, I'd probably, my mum would say, cause like she, my mum always takes the piss out of me when I come back that I've got a bit of an American twang.
1: Yeah, like, yeah, it's the last do. thing I want. <laughs> you do tend to pick it up.
0: Yeah. It's like, you have to change the, like what you say, like just so they understand you.
1: Yeah, of course.
0: Like I never forget. I was, I was at my place in Detroit. and One of my friends was there and a mate called from England and I had a full on conversation with him and she was like, what the fuck did you just say? It was like a whole new language. And you forget how much slang there is in British language compared to Amer- Americans don't use slang. Like, yeah, they, they actually use proper English. We don't.
1: I mean, if you heard me and my mate speak around here, it would probably sound nothing like what? What this yeah, sounds like? It's hilarious, isn't it? I love yeah.
0: it. I love that in England, you you can literally drive an hour and you can't understand the other person.
1: Yeah, man, you you can drive less than twenty minutes here yeah. in the northwest, and the accent changes. It's bizarre. You can be in the same town, and <laughs> two ends of the town have different accents. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love that so much. Right, let's talk about origins. Yeah, let's do it. Your record label. Um, when did you start it? Why did you start it? How have you found it?
1: I started it about four years ago now. Yeah. Um, and I, and the reason was I, I was a little bit reluctant to do it at the beginning, but I started to make friends somehow, I started to make friends with people like Kerry Chandler and Marshall Jefferson, Todd Terry, you know, the old school American boys. And I was just obsessed with The roots of house music.
0: You just like, literally just like rolled off your tongue, like three of the biggest legends in house music. Just like, just like
1: that. Well, believe it or not, Marshall Jefferson lives about 30 minutes down the road from me now. What? He lives,
0: he's in England.
1: He lives in in Presswich in Manchester, yeah. What? Bizarre. So that was one of the key factors in all this happening. We started going for Pizza Express every Thursday night. Me and Marshall Jefferson, Where's he's? Is
0: he from Chicago?
1: Well, yeah yeah that's right that's like
0: why the fuck would he go to pizza express if he's from chicago as well
1: <laughs> <laughs> i think the reason he moved over here anyway is because he was getting so much work in europe yeah. and the uk it just didn't make sense for him to be traveling transatlantic every weekend
0: that's the reason why i moved to detroit
1: there you go. <laughs> pretty much
0: makes so much more sense
1: so anyway, uh, yeah, I launched the label with this Heroes of House series. Well, it's amazing artwork designed um, of like in this superhero outfit and uh, check it out if you've not seen them online. Yeah, already. I've not seen that. I'll, yeah, I'll send them over to you actually. Yeah, man, please. So um, the label, hence the name Origins, started off as a bit of a celebration okay. of House really and the, the roots of the music because it was – kind of at the time the whole tech house thing was morphing into this, this new sound. Yeah. It's more Americanized EDM sound.
0: Yeah.
1: And so, so this is probably a key factor in what you, you started the conversation with, you know, talking about my detachment from, from that. Yeah. Um, and then since then the labels just it's continued. And I mean, the, how the roots of house thing is slowly, you know, transformed into something more modern. Yeah um but i've i've been I had the privilege of releasing like groove armada yeah that's um, amazing. so old old legends like that as well as up and coming producers um like jimmy switch yeah he's got a very lovely beard as well yeah <laughs> do you know jimmy <laughs> no
0: i don't know him
1: jimmy's got one of the best <laughs> beards in house music as in <laughs>
0: motherfucker
1: <laughs> 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 so um yeah, mate, it's just, just been, um, it's been a bit of a journey now, yeah, four years, we've released every single month.
0: Nice. Um,
1: quite a range of styles all within house music. Yeah. Um, do you enjoy it? I do, yeah, really enjoy it. How, how, sent,
0: how does it work? Sorry, carry
1: on. I was going to say that I, I get sent a lot of music from yeah. from various people, you know, from bedroom producers to, to more established DJs um, You know And years ago I never had anything To do with them Apart from play them At gigs Yeah So now to be able To invest time And money Into these people And help the records Grow uh, it's, it's wicked mate Yeah
0: Have you ever like Not listened to a promo And it got signed By someone else And then you like Listen to it Two weeks later And you're like Fuck I should have Listened to it Yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, I don't think
0: so. Not in uh, spring I uh C- Claude did that with Julio Bashmore battle for middle to you.
1: Oh, he didn't sign it. He
0: didn't hear it. He didn't listen to it. It was in his sat in his sat in his box, inbox for 2 weeks and then it got been signed and turned into this massive hit and Claude was like he said from that day I listened to everything now cuz he just wow. just missed on this <laughs> huge track. Um do you release on other labels now?
1: Sometimes, yeah. nowhere near as frequently. Yeah. Um, especially like the last two years. Yeah, stopped. I don't know, not not stopped, but yeah, just slowed it down really. Yeah. Um, I still do the odd release with Defected or Hot Creations or something. Um, maybe records that sit better on other labels. Yeah. You know, that have got a more specific sound.
0: Do you, when you release music on your own label, like, do you feel that, that there's more pressure or do you feel like the pressure has been, like, taken off?
1: Yeah, I, I wouldn't say there's any pressure. I think if uh, if a label is signing it and and willing to invest into it, then that usually, you know, makes me feel quite comfortable.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, if I'm putting it out on Origins, my own record, then I have to be pretty sure that, um, you know, I'm happy with it and, yeah. you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to think, oh shit, I wish I have changed this or done this before releasing it. So I'll probably spend, it, there's a track I released about two weeks ago called Sunday Sunset.
0: Yeah, I was just listening to that.
1: Uh, oh mate, I did so many mixes of it, <laughs> so many different versions.
0: <laughs> oh, I can relate to you on that one. It's a killer, isn't it? It's-
1: so I guess that's, that's probably where the pressure is for me. Uh, it's just making sure i am happy with it really
0: yeah the remix is really nice so so me
1: yeah mate yeah but she she did the vocal on it
0: oh okay i didn't know okay cool
1: yeah she's great she's from, is, she,
0: is she from seattle uh
1: well she's based in la la she, she's from korea oh, okay but she's she's a resident at sound in la ah that's why
0: yeah i do know her but i always thought it, she was from seattle for some reason She's doing pretty well at the moment.
1: She is, yeah. She's just released on Nothing Else Matters, Danny Howard's Danny label. Danny Howard's label, yeah.
0: What's your thoughts on radio nowadays? How how influential do you think it is?
1: Um, I, I want to say this year is probably more influential than ever. I'm talking from personal experiences anyway. I think I've listened to Radio 1 at night time anyway, you know, specialist radio, Danny Howard, Pete yeah. Tong, Annie Mac. I listen to to that a lot more this year. I think it gives me that sense of community from.
0: Because
1: you've,
0: you've not got a job, mate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it, it makes me feel up to date with what's going on with, with dance music and, and the culture around it. Yeah. Whereas, um, yeah, it is. It is literally because I've not got a job. You know, I would have been on the road otherwise and been distracted. And yeah, I haven't i things
0: I've, since be it, since living in America. I haven't listened to a full show like from start to finish up until lockdown. Really, it's just yeah. you just don't get the chance, do you? It's like you're busy. Of course. Um, but radio was such a big thing growing up for me. Like every night, even during the week, like Zane Lowe probably was for me like the most influential person on radio in my in my whole life I would say wow. just just like working at a fish and chip shop like washing the dishes and listening to Zane Lowe like he's introduced me to so much music but I just I feel I wish there was still something like that but I feel like there isn't mm. and I could be wrong it, it's probably just me check this change is it's not the actual radio it's not the people on the radio or anything like it's just me probably I probably just want to not think about music when I'm not working
1: yeah
0: if that makes sense it's like turning now it's a job as much as I absolutely love it as a job you still need that time out from the job
1: do you I listen- hear you. no I know exactly what you're saying do you listen, listen to a lot, a lot of um, talk radio as well, actually, you know, if I'm just pottering around the house in the day, I'm obsessed with Jeremy Vine, <laughs> 12 o'clock on radio Two, mate.
0: <laughs> mate, you know, you're old when you're listening to radio too. It's like, is <laughs> that thing that your parents listen to when you, when you're a kid and you're like, I'm never going to listen to radio Two, And then you start listening to radio Two, And you're like, Oh fuck.
1: Yeah, I, I get over to Radio Four every now and then as well.
0: You're in touchy territory over there, man. I'm in
1: deep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> For me, it's podcasts. It's podcasts and audio. I, I don't, I don't read books. I really can't stand reading. But I've since lockdown, I've listened to a lot of audio books, and they've been amazing. It's like just going on walks and listening to an audio book. I list, just listen to the Matthew McConaughey um mm. he's got a book called green lights and it's so good it's like I don't know what it is it's just finding out about people's lives I think that's a podcast as well it's you're almost in a conversation but you're on you're on the periphery so you're listening to you it's almost like you're just listening to a conversation and
1: yeah just fit with a book when it's a scripted you know history of somebody's life yeah I you know what you mean. I, I listened to the audiobook of uh, Herbie Hancock.
0: Oh, wow. How was that?
1: Highly recommend that one, mate. Yeah, he's, um, he, he's worked with some of the greats like Quincy Jones, yeah. but as well as his personal life when he starts diving into addiction and touring and women, you know, it's, it's an amazing insight to essentially a, a rock star's life at that yeah. time.
0: One of the creators, yeah, really. Damn. Is, did he read it as well? Yeah, he did. Oh, I'm going to get that. I'm going to get that today. I yeah,
1: highly recommend it. it. It makes all the difference when they read it, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, it's... I tried to... There's like a Jay-Z one that I tried to listen to, and it's not Jay-Z. And I literally got five minutes in and was like, I can't deal with this guy's voice. Like, It's, yeah. just, it's not Jay-Z. It needs to be... If it's talking about somebody's life... <laughs> Although I, I listened to the Steve Jobs one and that was a biography. It wasn't an autobiography. It's a biography. And the guy t- that read it was the guy that I don't think it was actually the author, but he somehow read it in a way that kind of felt real. Um, yeah.
1: But I guess it's written in third person about Steve Jobs. Yeah. rather than like the Jay-Z one, I imagine is, is talking about him.
0: It's trying to, it's not trying to be him, but it's, it's almost like documentary and you're just like, ah, oh, this just is too American for me, really. It's yeah. just like, it's like those cooking shows where this like, just not, just doesn't feel right. This isn't human. Um, so off to New Zealand for the rest of the year.
1: The three fifth, three months. When are you going? Um, I'm, I leave on the 3rd of December. Nice. And I've got a quarantine for two weeks when I arrive in a a quarantine facility, as they call it, which I think is essentially a hotel room. Yeah. Um, So I'll be locked in there for two weeks and then be free just before Christmas.
0: That's perfect.
1: Yeah, mate. Can't wait.
0: Have you got any siblings out there or anything?
1: No, no. My brother lives in Manchester. Okay. I think his plan is to go over there eventually as well. My brother's just been made redundant. So he's thinking, uh, you know, should I go back and... I think if he went back, he'd stay for good. Really? Yeah.
0: It's, it's an attractive life, especially in these weird times, right? Just not knowing and going back to that simple life. It's like, fuck it. Why not? Man, Why Growing not?
1: vegetables on a little allotment, you know, self-sustainable life. I think that's, that's where I see my long-term future anyway.
0: Yeah. Have you, have you, know have you realized that since, since not, earning the amount of money you usually earn through tours and everything like that. Have you realized how little you actually need to spend money?
1: 100%. 100%. I mean, I think I was spending most of my money on touring. Yeah. It's weird, yeah. isn't it? It's, it? It is weird, man. You know, it was actually looking at bank statements and all that boring stuff the other day, but realizing the majority of what I earned was just going back into, yeah, to traveling and, you know living on the road is not cheap
0: it's it's wild because i there's 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 a few tiers in our career and when you're at the top of the top like the like headlining festival kind of top there's so much money there yeah but even like one tier below it costs a lot of money for you to just keep touring and touring and touring and that's the thing that i find is like i remember like a few months ago i was talking to my manager and was like mate i've only spent 30 quid this week <laughs> <laughs> i'm like how how have i only spent like it's much cheaper to live in england like groceries are so much cheaper than the than the u.s but like you just spend so much more money and have nothing to show for it. And it's not like I would be buying like expensive clothes or fast cars or that's not me. I'm not into, or even shitloads of studio gear. Like my studio in Detroit is nice, but there's no gear in it. It's literally just a a table that I made out of a door and that's it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It was as well. I I remember that.
0: Yeah. um, But it's wild, isn't it? Like, I've realized a lot. I wonder if we tour less and if we tour less, we will have more money.
1: There's something in there. Yeah. It doesn't sound right,
0: but it's gotta be like, if it's gotta be
1: sure. There are definitely ways to do it and cutting back on certain expenses
0: yeah i remember the first first big tour of america i was literally like i would take the cheapest flights because you had to and like doing three flights to get to like one place with like three connections and you like literally spend like eight hours traveling to get to one place and you're like oh.
1: the first gig i did in america it was at uh don't sit on the furniture in miami classic it was as you know it was a tiny room so the fee wasn't great um and i only had that one gig as well but it, i was buzzing because it was going to america to play music you know what <laughs> i mean so i flew there in the afternoon played that night and flew home the very next day but it was just oh, to, to, to kind of get a foot in the door you know yeah. and um, it, it wasn't about making money. No, but it's worth it, right? It is worth it. You know, America's become such an amazing, amazing place for me.
0: You tour a yeah. lot there, right? You did, yeah. A lot yeah. Touring.
1: I was touring. I was probably touring there more than the UK and Europe.
0: Yeah, same.
1: I love it over there, man. Especially the West Coast. Like San Diego, I think, is, is one of my favourites.
0: San Diego is such a beautiful place because it's like... <clears throat> it's still a very small city compared to American cities. And you've got the beach there and you've got good food there. Everyone's chilled.
1: Great weather.
0: A lot of very yeah. good looking people as well. And you're just like, this is, this is a lovely place to be.
1: Yeah, man. That's, I think that's where I would be based if I lived in America. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Would you, would you ever be, move out uh, there? Say again?
0: Would you ever move out there?
1: I did toy with the idea. But I'm not going to rush into that. The, the but you're glad you
0: didn't <laughs> now, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially in California, man. Speaking to friends out there, it's it's not in a great way at the moment, unfortunately.
0: Cali's getting dicked by their governor. Pretty much. Do you much. think
1: things will change over there after the uh, after the election? Um, I have heard that that if Biden did win, or maybe he has won now, I don't know where it's up to. But um, somebody told me that you just keep it locked down.
0: I, I gotta be careful what I say. Fair enough. Um, because I don't really, I'm not American, so I don't re- really have any political views. I don't think Trump is good for the country. I don't necessarily like Trump. I don't agree with his values and his and his politics but I also don't think Biden is going to do much better for the country as well. Um, I think
1: I mean, I, that's the way I see it as well.
0: I think Biden will do a better job bringing people together, um, which I think is more important than anything right now in America. I think America is so, so disconnected from reality. And that I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. They're just so, Opposite um the left and the right, and I don't think that's healthy at all um but yeah, I've also heard that that if Biden does get in, which I think he will, and i I hope he does for a lot of for a lot for the people that want him to be in um yeah. which is a lot of my friends and a lot of people that that I'm close with out there um but i, I just don't know how well it's gonna handle it, and California is a classic example it's it's extremely left, extremely left. And I'm very, I'm left as well, but I'm not that left, if you know what I mean. I'm more middle. And yeah. I think there's pros and cons to have parts of both, which is again, I don't, why I don't agree with politics, don't agree with government, really don't agree with big government. I think there should be people from both sides. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't be sides. It shouldn't be left and right. It should be everyone, and from exactly. all from all different, all different ways in life, like experiences. That
1: point in the middle that you're on about is the the healthy place for society to be, in, in my opinion. Yeah, totally. So there agree. needs to be, if if these people on the left and right want to have these opposing views, there needs to be somebody in the middle to, you know, get the best out of their arguments.
0: I totally agree. And I think I think that's the thing with Cali right now is that the governor is so far left that, which is absolutely fine if you lock shit down, but you also have to support people. If you're telling people they can't work and they're not allowed to open their businesses and they're not allowed to do this, they're not allowed to do that, then you have to support them. You have you have to you have to give people the support so they can pay their bills, and I I still know friends that that are still trying to get unemployment and they can't even get through because you have to call a fucking phone number, and sure. like there's people that have that have extremely successful businesses that have just been told they have to close down and then there's no government support at all, and for me that's. That's not right. And I think that's why a lot of people are moving to Texas and yeah. moving move to the more Republican places because...
1: Because there's more freedom.
0: There's, there is more freedom. And yes, they the the government support still isn't there, but you're not being told you can't open your business. And I yeah. think at the end of the day, like when you're employed and when you employ lots of people, you have this responsibility to the community around you. And the responsibility is that you're giving the community a service and you're also paying taxes. People that are working with, yeah, the people that are working for you are paying taxes. You're paying their wages. You're paying for their family. You're paying for their kids to go to university. You're paying for like life for other people. And when that gets taken away, you take that community away um, and I think we're so lucky in the UK and I I don't know your views on it but I've got so many friends that have been furloughed and can still pay their mortgage and can still do life if you know what I mean don't get me wrong life's not the most fun for people Um, the music industry is a little bit different um, but also that's the joys of being self-employed
1: Yeah, Um, I I think I mostly agree with what you're saying. Uh, One of my close friends, though, he he had a a quite successful business in the more entertainment, uh, like wedding entertainment sector. I mean, he's been completely fucked over. Completely. 30 or 40 staff, all made redundant. Yeah. You know, there's nothing left of his business, and he's he's looking into different career choices now. So things like that do, you know, the quite disheartening because they shouldn't have got to that stage because th- there will be people who want to get married again. So I think there should have been more support for people like that. Yeah. But, my from a co- personal perspective, I, I've been okay. You know, I've managed to get furlough and um, it, it's kept me afloat.
0: Yeah. I think that's, that's, that's great that you can. And like, I've also got to remember, like we come, we're, we're coming from a, A very I don't really like using this word because it just feels a bit woke but we come from a very privileged lifestyle if you know what I mean like we have a very privileged life and maybe a very privileged perspective on life compared to what other others kind of have but I also think the whole world is in this right it's not just America and England it's the whole world and I think there's a togetherness about it that I think will bring people. I hope will bring people together. I think you're
1: right. I do think it's going to take a few years for people to get over the political divide that's been created. Yeah. But more and more people do seem to be realizing, you know, that people are stronger with togetherness and, and the same views.
0: I hope so. I hope so, because I don't know about you, but I found the politics in the UK is starting to turn more and more how it is in America with polarizing views and everything like that. And I just think it's really unhealthy. I don't know what yeah, you think. It
1: is. I think politics is unhealthy anyway. I, th-
0: yeah. I think also that what it is, is that people put so much time and effort into it of their own personal life and... Realistically, whatever they say, whatever they do is not going to make any change to politics, really.
1: Yeah, exactly, mate. They're going to do what they want to do anyway.
0: There's, There's been no politician that has done what they've said.
1: No, they've made it quite apparent that they're just going to make their own rules.
0: Yeah, and I think if you can accept that in your head, that, you know what, these fuckers just don't do anything anyway. Like, whether they're on the left, whether they're on the right whether they're in the middle or whether they're fucking on Mars, they're still not fucking doing anything.
1: Yeah. I heard a quote the other day from a guy on YouTube and he was talking about the situation and stuff. And he said, don't worry about what's going on in the white house. Worry about what's going on in your house.
0: So true, man. So true. Because no one gives a fuck about what's going on in your house.
1: <laughs> simple, only people it.
0: <laughs> simple, in it. It's like no one, no one cares. And why? So why are we caring about? I don't know. May, maybe, maybe I'm wrong to look at it like that.
1: Um, I think you have to be aware of what's going on, especially at the moment, because it's the politics is so important. But um I think that you shouldn't let it consume your life. You know, some people do. Obviously, the people that sit on Twitter all day keyboard warrior
0: in <laughs> I feel sorry for people like that sorry if any of you are listening to this i stop yeah, just, it if that's you go
1: out for a walk You know, put, <laughs> put an audio book on and go for a walk
0: <laughs> go cook for your nan or something it'll make you feel better uh, right mate we've just done an hour and 15 minutes um, let's wrap it what up
1: for, for the rest of the day
0: uh, I've got to do a radio interview for somewhere in like Sweden or something like that um, and then I'm going to bake some bread. What about you?
1: Beautiful. Um, I'm going to go for a walk. It's a pretty nice day here. Nice. And then I'm going to record a mix for Spy Bar.
0: Oh, oh yeah, they're doing their, uh, the the save Spy Bar thing.
1: That's it, exactly. They're trying to raise money to keep the place. Yeah, keep the place going. Really. So,
0: how good is that club?
1: But it's one of the best. Fucking one of the best it. in America. There's so much history there as well. I, be, I always be and shame if that place closed down.
0: I really hope it doesn't. They asked me to do one, but I I can't I don't have any decks, I don't have anything around here, so
1: Fair enough.
0: But yeah, I I love playing. What is your favorite place to play in, in America?
1: Ooh, such a good question. Um what club or yeah. or maybe it'd be a festival. I think it might be Nocturnal Wonderland Festival. Oh.
0: When did you do that?
1: I did it two years, um, 2017 and 18, I think. Yeah. That was amazing.
0: What, why was it so good?
1: I think just the, the location of it, man. It's it's
0: beautiful, isn't it?
1: it yeah, it's in the countryside of northern LA. Uh, I can't remember the, the exact name of the, the town, but the way they, they build all this, the props for the festival and the stages and stuff, it's, it's pretty epic, man.
0: Insomniac just do festivals on another level of festivals right they just we really do it's an experience rather than just a festival and although there's like some great music and some really shit music that's that's just festivals right but
1: of it is yeah, yeah. They, they it
0: is have you done edc
1: yeah no not yet
0: that plays although i'm not a huge fan of edc because it's in vegas and i don't really like vegas but it's unbelievable you'll go there and you're like what the fuck where am i like this is like it's like a whole new world
1: it's the scale of things isn't it yeah huge it's, it's like, like the stages were massive man yeah
0: they are huge aren't they it's kind of scary like colossal kind of you're like this this does this shouldn't be just a dj Playing pressing a few <laughs> yeah, buttons really. in the middle. <laughs> in fact, you can never see the DJ because there's so much production around it that you're just like you're just the tiny ant in the middle of the stage. But
1: that's it. And I think uh, being from the UK, I've never really been to festivals that sort of never played at festivals of that scale in England. Yeah. So yeah, for me, that's what that's what I buzz off in America. Have you ever been... done Glastonbury? Yeah, mate. That that's probably the biggest UK thing I did. I played in Block Nine.
0: That is the biggest thing in the UK, though. Let's be honest. Oh,
1: so good. <laughs> I, played, I played the first set of the whole week on that stage. So it was about 4 p.m. on a Thursday. I didn't expect anybody to be there. But because there's no music anywhere else, people were gathering outside the stage and waiting. And it was packed even before I played my first record. Really? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that Gl- was pretty mega.
0: Glastonbury's literally like 15 minutes away from my house
1: oh man have you been walking around the
0: site at all i i used to go every year with my dad it's it's like not far at all and it's still on the bucket list to play and i've just like never i've just never been booked to play but i always get really jealous of people that play because i'm like why haven't i fucking played (laughs) it's like down the road but i can't wait till the day i do
1: I got sent something the other day saying um, that they were preparing for next year, yeah. and that it was like ninety nine percent certain it's going to go ahead next year.
0: I, I think I personally think it, it has to go
1: ahead. Yeah, festivals. Agreed.
0: Festivals. I, I think t- the beginning of the summer probably not, um, but, but
1: by Grasstow time, by by, sp- by
0: by spring, late spring, beginning of summer, I think. There has to be talks of shows happening. Yeah. Otherwise, it's our industry. Yeah, mate. I can't. <laughs> I'm so excited. This year's flown by. We've done nine months of isolation. Nine months of no shows.
1: I know, mate. It has. It's flown. Yeah. It's been a pretty good summer, to be fair. All things considered, you know, uh, it's been a, like really nice weather. Yeah. Got to spend so, a lot of time with family and friends, which I never normally do
0: over summer well yeah that's the thing isn't it because we're always touring especially during the summer summer's crazy season for us um and it's the time when everyone enjoy, like everyone back home enjoys the, the summer and like summer evenings in England I don't know don't care what anyone says I think they're personally the best in the world just like <laughs> it's just amazing because English people are so happy when the sun come out and it's just like it's just amazing but we don't ever get to like spend time here or like see friends and family when, when we were on the road. So it's been really special for me. Is just like my parents live next door and my like niece and nephews can come round and just like hang out. It's just super nice. Like we would never have been able to have done that. And I think, yeah. it's, I think it's important. I think a lot, most people I've spoken to in our industry have kind of had that, Where they've been able to just like enjoy some time off and not feel guilty about taking time off and not earning.
1: You've got to hold on to the positives. Yeah, totally, man. Right,
0: let's wrap it. Yeah, yeah, thanks so much for coming on, man. How can people follow you if they're not following you, et cetera? All
1: the usual socials Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, SoundCloud. At Josh Butler. Josh Butler music for most of them. And I think Facebook is just Josh Butler, but just give it a search. You'll find me.
0: Cool, mate. Keep safe. Have fun in New Zealand. um, And I catch you soon.
1: Yeah, man. Speak to you in a bit. Big
0: love, dude. In a bit. And that is a wrap. Really enjoyed that one. Hope you did. If you did, please uh, give us a little review in the reviews button or in the comments or wherever you're listening. Give it the thumbs up. Um, share it with your mates do all of that keep safe and I'll see you soon